Hey there, everyone. Welcome to the Just Speak Digital Podcast. Today, I have an amazing guest on the line with me who's going to talk about how she started her podcast. And it, this is going to be an interesting one. I don't think we've <laughs> had one uh, this interesting so far. So Michelle Foss is going to talk to us a little bit about why she started her podcast. And she has a really great reason behind it. So you guys are really going to love this episode. Michelle, welcome to uh, the podcast. Tell us the name of your podcast and get into why you started your podcast. Sure. So the podcast is called The TV Doctor. And uh, my tagline is, I'm not a doctor on TV, but I play one in real life. I think maybe you have to be of a certain generation to kind of get that. (laughs) You know, maybe it's more aimed toward the Gen X and up folks, but uh there used to be this series of commercials where uh, they would hire an actor to come on and he would say, you know, I'm not a doctor in real life, but I play one on TV. And, um, and it, it was supposed to give this, uh, you know, air of authority and you were supposed to, you know, trust that person, but uh, also respect their honesty. So I am a doctor in real life, but I'm a PhD kind of doctor, not a medical doctor. But I love the idea of kind of playing with that medical terminology. Um, and thinking about television, which is what I study, thinking about television as prescriptive, thinking of it as a a cure or a healing agent um, in people's lives. So the idea for the podcast was born a really, really long time ago. We'll just go all the way back and then I'll try to bring you to the future. So when I was a little kid, my family lived in central Oregon in a, you know, a little town in, in central Oregon. And uh, it was not very racially or ethnically diverse. We'll just put it like that. My, I'm mixed race. And so my dad is white, my mom is black. So uh, it was really just my mom and I were like, you know, these two brown dots in a sea of white dots. And, um, you know, so I stood out and I was unique uh, in amongst my friends at school and things like that. So One day, my dad dropped me off at school, and I was meeting two of my friends. And after, you know, my dad drops me off, I go up to my friends, and they're like, was that your dad? And I was like, yeah. And they were like, oh, we didn't know you were adopted. And I was like, I'm adopted? Say what? Like, I didn't know. I get get home, and I was like, mom, you could have told me I was adopted. And she was like, what? You're not adopted. What are you talking about? And I was like, you know, Becky and Jennifer, or whatever the names were, they said that my dad is white and I'm black. So that means I'm adopted. (laughs) So my mom was like, well, no, you're not adopted. But um, I guess we're going to have this conversation now. You know, like uh, we hadn't really had the race convo yet. Um, So she was like, I guess, you know, the situation is calling for it now. So she knew that I was a TV fiend, a TV junkie, even at a young age, I wasn't the kind of kid that, um, you know, my mom would just turn on the TV and sit me in front of it. TV was never my babysitter. Um, I had a very active and engaged um, family, but especially my mother was very um, active when it came to what I was watching and what I was thinking about it. And um, she was encouraging me from a very, very young age to be 
very critical of what I was watching. So TV was obviously enjoyable for me, but it was also almost like homework. She wouldn't ever let me just kind of sit and veg out. That was never the jam. So, uh, well, maybe occasionally here and there, but for the most, <laughs> for the most part, uh, from a very young age, a very active viewer of TV. So she she says to me, "Okay, let's let's talk about Spock." from Star Trek. So I love Star Trek. My mom and dad both love Star Trek. I love Spock. Yes. 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 Thank you. Like Spock is everything. Still today, I mean, I don't have it with me here, but I have like an action figure Spock <laughs> that I like to use in some of my videos. But anyway. Well, I mean, so. like keep it funky. That was the only thing that was on. Like to be Correct. honest with you, late at night, especially later on at night before right. the TV just went boop. And that was it. Right. Like you had exactly. to sleep. Exactly. It was exactly. fuzz. You weren't watching There was Star Trek. Yeah. Yeah. Star Trek. So we loved Star Trek. And um, my mom was like, let's talk about Spock. And I was like, okay, I thought we were going to talk about me being adopted. But okay, fine. I'll go with it. And um, so she says, um, well, what, what is Spock? And I was like, uh, he's the science officer. And she was like, no, no, no. Like, what, what is he? So like, Captain Kirk is human. What is Spock? I was like, oh, he's Vulcan. And she was like, well, is he, is that all he is? He's just Vulcan? I was like, well, yeah, yeah. And she was like, okay, but isn't his mom from Earth? His mom is human, right? And I was like, well, yeah. And she was like, okay, so if he's what his mom is and his dad is, he's like a combination then, right, of like Vulcan and human. And I was like, hmm, okay, yeah, I can see that that's fine. I was like, but you know, he's on the enterprise and he's just around a bunch of humans and he's the only Vulcan. So they're not going to see the part of him that is like them. They're only going to see the part of him that's different from them. And then I was like, wait, am I Spock? <laughs> and so my mom was like, sure. <laughs> and so then I was like, oh yeah, I'm Spock. Like brand new day, I go to school the next day, just like really, really feeling myself. But that wasn't exactly the cool thing to be into Star Trek. So I didn't, <laughs> I didn't make any new friends, but I did, you know, come away from that with a very clear understanding of kind of what it meant to be mixed race. I really feel like the idea for this podcast was born all those years ago when I was a little kid because my mom really used television to kind of help me through a very complicated moment in my life. So, you know, I went to college. Um, I went to uh, Stanford University for college and uh, ended up majoring in communication. And at the end of college, it was one of those things where it was like, you ain't got to go home, but you can't stay here. Like I graduated. <laughs> and I was like, oh, definitely not feeling ready for the real world. Like really just kind of want to stay in school, to be honest. So that meant grad school. And that's probably not the right reason to go to grad school, just because you're trying to avoid, you know, being an adult. Uh, <laughs> but, but that was my rationale. So I ended up in grad school and um, uh, studying rhetoric and communication. And I took a class in media criticism and my uh, professor, on the first day of class, he brings all of these books that we're going to be reading um, over the term. And one of them was a book about Star Trek. And I was like, wait, question. 
So do you mean to tell me that we are going to be reading and thinking and talking about Star Trek and it's like your job is <laughs> that's that's your job is to like do that with us? And he was like, you know, it's it's going to be a little more complicated than that. But yes, essentially. So I was like, oh, boom, where do I sign up for that job? Because this, that's what I need to be doing for my whole life. Just you know, watching TV and talking about it with people. Like, yeah, that sounds good. So I'll do that. So I was at UC Davis for my master's. And then I went to University of Florida for my PhD. This is a little bit off topic, but it's actually a really fun part of the story. So when I came back from Florida, so when I graduated with my PhD, I came back home to Sacramento and I was teaching adjunct part-time at a number of different campuses in the area. And I had a friend who also taught part-time um, uh, and we would carpool. And so one of the days that we were carpooling uh, or one of the days that we were supposed to carpool, she says to me, listen, she was like, I'm not going on Friday because I have to go to a funeral. And I was like, oh no, I'm so sorry, who passed? And she was like, oh, um, it's one of the professors that I work with at Sac State, uh, Leah Vandenberg. And when she said the name, I was just blown away because Leah Vandenberg had written an essay in that, that Star Trek book that my professor had brought for us on the first day. And reading that essay inspired my master's thesis, which ended up inspiring my dissertation and the vast majority of the research that I've done since then. So this woman who was so instrumental in helping me figure out um, the kind of uh, career I wanted to have, the kind of things I wanted to study, she was right there at Sac State when I was living in Sacramento and she had passed. So I was, of course, really devastated about that because I had never had the opportunity to meet her. I didn't know that she was right there. When she passed, obviously her position at Sac State opened and I applied for it and that's why I'm at Sac State. So I've been at Sac State since fall of 2006. I teach courses in media aesthetics, electronic media and American culture, communication theory. Um, and one of my favorite classes to teach is television criticism. So it, as my quote unquote day job, I basically watch a lot of TV and I uh, teach my students how to treat television as rhetoric and analyze it as such. That's kind of what I do for my day job. But, you know, and my students have a great time in the class. I think they learn a lot. I, they say they learn a lot. We'll see. I don't know. But it's a, it's a writing class. So I'm only able to really impact maybe 25 or so students a semester. And I started thinking, well, what if I could reach more people than that? Like, what if I could take this idea of really focusing in on the importance of television and thinking about television as the shaping force that it is in society? Um, what if I could take that to a larger audience, right? Not just the 25 or so students that I'm able to teach each semester in this class. All of these pieces started coming together. This idea of, you know, TV can, can heal us. TV can help us get through some really tough things in life. Um, me wanting to spread that message to more people. 
So that's a part of that puzzle. Um, and then uh, the, the last piece of that puzzle, quite honestly, was I read a book by Elizabeth Gilbert, who was the author of Eat, Pray, Love. And um, she wrote this book called Big Magic. I read this book. And uh, one of the things that she talks about in the book is how ideas are like energy and they move throughout the world. And it's almost like they will come to you. Then you have to decide what you do with, the, with that idea, right? But you should never be so arrogant as to think that this idea has only occurred to you, you know, because ideas will occur. They, they move like energy. So lightning will strike here. Lightning will also strike over there. And it's just like, what do you do with it? It's probably inappropriate to refer to lightning right now, seeing as how that's what started all. This I was music. just, you know what? I was gonna crack a joke, and I was like, I don't know if that's appropriate. Oh, appropriate? But I was like, yeah, and lightning, lightning can also start fires, you know? and, and they can destroy lives. Yes, it's been all over. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, if you're listening to this and it's way past time, we're in August of 2020. Yes. <laughs> and right now in the. Uh, Bay Area and everywhere near the Bay Area, we yeah. have several hundred flyers. Yeah, several hundred. Yeah. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And a, a lot of them were started by lightning strikes. So, by lightning. Yeah. Which I recorded, by change. the way. Yeah. And, and climate change. So. And yeah. Cli- yeah. 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 <laughs> but that's for another another podcast another day but definitely um so tell us how you got to the point to where you were like okay yes i'm finally going to do do it i have to do it right so uh it got to the by the way you had a full circle moment like that was just totally like that was weird not you know (laughs) for lack of better words like wow listen the story it's almost like i can't believe that this that each thing that has happened, it's almost like, I can't believe that it happened the way that it did, but you know, that's life, you know, that's how things work. But, um, so yeah, so I read that book and the thought occurred to me, what if somebody else has this idea? Um, and you know, at the point I knew that I wanted to do something with the idea of the TV doctor of me prescribing television to people who are going through this, that, or the other thing in their life. Um, I knew I wanted to do something with it. But after reading Big Magic, the thought occurred to me, what if somebody else has the same idea? And I wanted to die. The The thought of like somebody, me turning on the TV and boom, oh, here's this new show. And it's basically like the TV doctor. I would just fall out and just cease to exist because, you know, this is an idea that I've literally been working on almost my whole life um, without really knowing it. Um, So I was like, no, this is my idea. I have to act immediately. Like I have to act now. And the podcast really, you know, again, I didn't know, did I want it to be a book? Did I want it to be a blog? Did I want it to be, you know, I didn't know what shape it was going to take, but the idea of a podcast, I was like, oh, now wait a second. Like that's kind of a a cool thing that I can do relatively quickly. I, I can go from like idea to published like that, honestly. So I was like, that's what this needs to be. This needs to be a podcast. I need to, you know, figure out some episode structure, but that was it. So really, it was the fear of somebody scooping me, somebody taking my idea that motivated me to act and also to decide on podcasts as the format. 
So once you made that decision and you said, okay, yes, I know it's going to be podcast. That, that is the way that I'm going to put this idea out here to um, impact more people. Yeah. What was the next step after that? Like, did you yeah. start immediately? Did you wait a week or two? Like, what did you do next? In, again, my day job. So my life as a professor, I had done podcast lectures before. So I was somewhat familiar with the technology. Um, I had used GarageBand. I already had microphones. Um, Again, this was a year ago. So uh, just over a year ago that I was thinking about putting this together. So um, I already had essentially the tech, the hardware that I would need in order to make it happen. So, and I was already familiar with it. Um, But to be honest, um, it's all so user-friendly these days that it's like, even if I hadn't been familiar with it already, I think that learning curve would have been pretty easy. So like GarageBand, honestly, and, and the GarageBand version that we have now has, has changed very much since I was recording these podcast lectures 10 years ago, honestly. So um, the technology has changed, but it was easy for me to just fall back into it and be like, oh yeah, okay, do this, do that, hit that, hit that. I knew that I needed to, or that I wanted to have some portions that were not live. So I wanted some that were written, you know, so I would take the time to kind of write out what I wanted to say before I recorded it. Um, And then I knew I wanted to have interview segments. um, So figuring out, who I was going to interview and um, or work with or have as a guest um, and then scheduling those. Um, So uh, all in all that process from like, okay, I'm about to do this to I'm doing it took maybe two months, which to me in the grand scheme of things seems insanely fast, like crazy fast to think that you can really go from like concept to on the air in, in two months of time. This is while I'm having, you know, to work my real job and also, you know, be a parent and be a wife and be like a friend and a daughter and all of these other facets of life. Right. So if I was able to just devote all of my time to this, I probably could have cut that in half, if not by more. But so the process of getting started was really smooth for me. It was really easy. Who are you targeting with your podcast? It's funny. I struggle with this question because I know in a marketing sense, you have to be able to put parameters, right? You have to say, well, you know, maybe this is the, like, what are the demographics, right? Like this is maybe the age group that I'm talking to. This is maybe, you know, maybe it leans a little bit more towards women or, you know, maybe it's for, you know, this community kind of thing. Um, and, and I, like, I understand that, but I also push back on that a little bit because I honestly think that because television is so ubiquitous and, and there is a television message out there for everyone um, I want to say that my podcast is literally for everyone, but I, that does absolutely nothing in terms of marketing. So, <laughs> you know, that's nice. That's pie in the sky. That's very dreamy and unicorn. Um, but in, so in reality, I want to say that my audience is somebody who's a lot like me, 
curious, like intellectually curious, but also not afraid to be kind of cheesy or petty or, you know, to watch the trash as well as the highbrow stuff. So educated doesn't necessarily mean you have a pile of letters after your name. Educated can mean that you're just aware and you're, you are interested in educating yourself formally and informally. Um, a person who likes television, that's kind of a, a requisite, right? Like you have to kind of be into television. Um, but I'm not going to count out the people who are wary of television, who think that television is um, powerful in a negative way. So, you know, I'm not afraid of um, doing some convincing for people like that, you know, doing a little persuasive work. Um, convincing people that television is not all bad. So for example, I have a good friend from college. So he's like a, a music genius, quite honestly. And I remember conversations that we had back in school, just about the tiniest little thing, like playing a clip from a Sade song a million times. And he would be like, wait, 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 just listen. Like, oh, did you hear that? And I'd be like, no, but, it, but I'm really, but it's really exciting. Right. Um, so I, I, I called him and I was like, listen, I want you to come on the podcast and talk about theme songs. And he was like, okay, but I have to be really honest with you. Um, I don't really like TV. I, I don't participate in TV. Like I, you know, I really, it's bad. It's bad for us. Television is bad for us. It rots our brains. And so I was like, okay. So I was like, if I can convince you, that there is some worth in television. Will you do the show? And so we are still in negotiations, but I've moved him closer. I've moved the needle. In terms of gender, I think it's for everyone. In terms of race and ethnicity, well, so that's the thing. Like you do have to be a little bit, I'm not going to say liberal or progressive, but you do have to lean more toward the social justice side of the spectrum, believing in social justice, believing in equality, believing in equity, believing in diversity and inclusion. If you aren't, are happy with the social state of our country right now, you're probably not going to find a lot that's useful to you in my podcast. <laughs> so it's, it's not for the, it's not for the, um, Fox News crowd. Yes. Yeah. Not for them. <laughs> so see, hey, the first step. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> identifying the audience is knowing who yeah. it is not for, right? right? I think sometimes it's easier to identify who it totally. isn't for versus who it is for. Totally. Um, and so this is a great uh, segue to my next question, which is your guests. How do you find guests for your podcast um, out there in the world? And yeah. who's an ideal guest for you, right? Yeah. I have been incredibly lucky that. I know people who are just my friends, like people who I just know from, you know, either from college or from work or from them being my students to, you know, just folks that I've met through different organizations. I know people who are not only incredibly enthusiastic about these shows in particular and maybe television more broadly, but also so smart and so um, knowledgeable about what they're talking about. So a lot of my guests have been friends from college that I just happen to know that they're into these things, right? Some of my guests have been my students who 
they've written papers in my classes. So I'm like, I know you know what you're talking about, about this show. You need to come on um, and, and be my guest. Uh, one of my first episodes, I think it's actually this, the, the episode number two after the pilot episode, uh, is a student of mine, a graduate student of mine, and we're talking about The Bachelor. And the only reason why I knew, so she didn't write her paper when she was in my class, she didn't write about The Bachelor, but she and I had conversations about The Bachelor every day. She was my TA and we'd be like, oh, did you see last night's episode? And we would, you know, so I knew that she would be a, a perfect person to bring on. And I've also had folks pitch me. So they'll say, listen, and again, this is within just my circle, of, you know, people I know, but they'll say, listen, I want to come and talk about uh, such and such show. But like, will that work for you? And my answer is always yes. Yeah, absolutely. Let's do it. So when they're coming on your podcast to talk about a show, what perspective are they coming from? Are they coming from a perspective of, oh, it was so good, you know, or, or is it deeper than that? Is it yeah. more of a, this is how it relates to my life and this is how yeah. it relates to society type of thing? Yeah, well, it, you never, I never know. And that's part of what I think might be really exciting for the audience is that um, this is not, it's not a, um, you know, where people who are working on projects go around and, you know, they do the circuit to talk about their project to get people to come and listen to it. That's not what this is. Um, obviously, I'm a critic by nature and by training. I didn't mention it, but I'm a Virgo. I'm an only child. Like, <laughs> so I'm a critic, right? And so there are few artifacts, few programs or episodes that I'm going to have only good things to say about it myself. And so I, I, I don't encourage my guests to do that either. We have to kill our darlings, right? We, we have to look at these shows, even Star Trek, which I have studied extensively. And as I've already mentioned, I love dearly, but that doesn't mean that there aren't still problems with it and things that we need to pay attention to and think more about because of how powerful a social force television is. So when guests come on the show, I did an episode about Black Lady Sketch Show. Have you seen that? I think I've seen it a while ago. It's, it's yeah. kind of one of the older ones, right? Yeah, okay, it's, yes. Um, HBO, they actually got some Emmy nods. So I think Didn't she have right. like a digital piece to it too and then it went or no? Or maybe um, I saw it on digital. Maybe I just saw it on digital. You, so you yes, probably saw it. it. Yeah, you probably saw it on digital because they, they yeah. did a great job in terms of marketing. That was very yes. smart that they would take individual sketches and kind exactly. of- Exactly, yeah. So that's where I saw it. Got course. it. Yeah. So uh, I was at work and I was talking with my friend and she was like, you know, let me tell you, have you seen this Black Lady Sketch Show? And I was like, I have. And I just kind of played a little bit coy. And she was like, well, what do you think? And I was like, well, what do you think? And she was like, <laughs> and I was like, oh, me too. So I was like, you have to come on the show and talk about it. So, you know, in that episode, we very much were like, you know, here's what's great. These are the things that are great about it. But these are the things that are a little chewier, as, as uh, I, I like to say. Like, we, we need to process these a little bit longer. So I never fully know. Um, but I will say that most of the time, uh, a guest will say, listen, this is my jam. This is my show. I love it. I want to talk about it. And, and let's go for it. 
but we we do typically find a way into maybe the darker side of uh, what's going on in that show. Since you aren't getting paid to like podcasts, right? And right. it doesn't sound like you're doing any sponsorships or anything like that. Not. Tell me kind of where your podcast sits. Do you feel like it's more inspirational, more, where does your podcast sit in the arena, in the arena of things? You know, I'm an educator at heart and, and by blood also. Like I come from a long line of educators. Um, it was no surprise to anybody in my family that I would go into essentially the family biz. Um, and I'm also married to an educator. So now we're, you know, like this is, this is what's, what's happening in our family. So, um, educating together, huh? Exactly, exactly. (laughs) And our poor baby, she just has no choice. Um, no, she has a choice, of course, but I do see my podcast as kind of an extension of my life as an educator. I think it um, should be entertaining for sure. I, I like the idea of people getting some enjoyment out of it, but I, but I think its first function is to educate. I, I, I'm not sure about moving into that uh, more commercial lane with the podcast. I've thought about it, you know, every week when I, or month or how, <laughs> however long it's been, um, when I go to hit publish, um, I use Anchor to to host my my podcast. Anchor is great because then they just send it out to all of the other platforms, which is dope. When I go to hit publish, there's that little button that's like, do you want to add, you know, a, a place for sponsored content? I don't know if I do. You know, I hesitate every time. I'm like, well, that would be cool. But then, you know, I have to think about Issa Rae is kind of a great example for me. Mm-hmm. So she started off with this um, web series called The Misadventures of an Awkward Black Girl, right? And it was yeah. great. Like it She's was, it was incredible. Dope. Yes. Um, and I loved it. And I told everybody about it. And it makes sense. It's completely logical and normal that, you know, Hollywood would come knocking. And HBO did. HBO came knocking and they were like, here, take all of this money to build a show for us kind of like that, but on HBO. And um, you'd be a fool to say, no, thank you. And she's no fool. So, you know, Insecure is great, but when you compare it against Awkward Black Girl from a critical, from a rhetorical stance, there are significant differences. Do you feel like she's lost some of the... And I won't say all of the control, but some of the yeah. uh, creative control sure. that she had and creative license even exactly. um, that you get with YouTube versus. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, I'm not trying to say that I'm Issa Rae, but I, I look at the TV doctor as awkward black girl, you know, and if somebody came knocking with their dollars, I wouldn't be, a, uh, I, I don't want to say that I'd be a fool and be like, mm, no, thank you. But the idea of it being exactly what I want it to be and me not having to change anything because there are dollars and cents on the line is attractive to me. So, yeah. And I asked that question because there's a lot of folks that start a podcast and usually when they start a podcast, they start it for the reason of money. Right? Sure. It's like, yeah. I'm going to start this podcast because I'm going to build this audience that I'm then going to monetize with yes. my product services and all that kind of stuff, which is nothing wrong with that. Absolutely. No. It's a great marketing right. tool. 
Yeah. Um, but in your case, right, you're using it as really a way to just get your ideas out there and creatively yeah. share, um, as well as, like you said, to your point, educate people right. around things that I feel like we don't talk about a lot, right? Yeah. And so I wanted yeah, to hear exactly. more of of the why. I mean, you gave us a really great story and a full, like, like how it came to you when you were a kid and how it's like impacted you. But tell me kind of what gets you up to publish? What gets you up to actually say, yes, saw this or I'm doing this, yeah. this conversation. I'm yeah. going to push publish. What is yeah. the why behind that? I think it goes back to me, to what I was saying about kind of who my audience is. So part of the reason why the Fox News crowd wouldn't be into what I'm talking about is because a, kind of the guiding philosophy of this show is that um, television is powerful as a medium. It can be used for good but it is regularly used for bad, right? And um, if we are not educated and thoughtful about these messages and how these messages are shaping us in real life, then we are just asking to be manipulated and hoodwinked, basically, right? It's higher stakes than just, oh, like, I didn't know that this is how, you know, um, I, I read a, a blog post the other night about how Scrappy-Doo was created, <laughs> you know, from Scooby-Doo. Like, how did Scrappy-Doo come along? Okay, was, you got to tell me that one. <laughs> uh, well, it's like six pages long. <laughs> oh, okay. Is well, thing. So, what's the, what's the short story? But I'll send you the story. link. I'll yeah, send me the link. I'll, yeah. I'll, yeah, I'll give you. <laughs> That's interesting. <laughs> it is interesting. Hmm. Um, and like how they went through different casting changes and why and all of that. So it's interesting. So you do cartoons as well. It's not only. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yes. Awesome. Anything that okay. comes on that box. Yeah. Yeah. You know, what's so funny is that um, there's a podcast and oh, my gosh, I feel so uh, Black Girl Nerds. Um, yes. Yeah. Black Girl Nerds podcast. They kind of talk. It, it sounds like it's almost the same thing, but not necessarily with Black Girl Nerds. And I used to do some work with them a couple of years ago. Um, a large piece of them are really just film focused, right? Where you're mm-hmm. more TV yeah. series focused yeah. and yeah. television yeah. Uh, focused. Yeah. Um, but they get a lot of pitches from like film, you know, everybody and their mama wants to, you know, want to come sure. on and just promote yeah. their, their film. So I kind of see that I, yeah. I could see that happening to your podcast, but I say yeah. all of that to say there's that. And then there's also like our regular traditional media outlets, right? That are mm-hmm. just like our social media, like media takeout or um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. what's another one mm-hmm. else? Oh, Revolt, um, which mm-hmm. is more or less more digital type space, sure. but it's kind of yeah. that same premise and like BT, yeah. even, like enterprise mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. television. Where do you see yourself yeah. falling in between that, those different media outlets. So it's kind of, it goes back to that point that I was just making that my message is not just like, hey, you should watch this or you shouldn't watch this. Um, Hey, I think you'll enjoy this. I don't think you'll enjoy this. You know, four stars, one and a half stars. That's not my jam. Like I do recommend shows, um, but really what I'm recommending is a message and I'm recommending a way of thinking about these shows, not just like here, watch this show, because I would never presume to do um, as good of a job as my mom did. Um, But I really, in that same vein, I want to, I want people to be more active consumers of television. 
So um, I think a lot of our kind of standard media options right now, um, because they are connected to corporations and because there are dollars and cents on the line and your livelihood, which you have to protect at all costs right now, I mean, you know, gestures broadly at the world. So they are uh, a little more tentative, a little more hesitant to be very critical of whatever comes in front of them. And I'm more in a position right now where I can be brutally honest um, and, and really fight for the, the programs and the content that are, that are in my critical opinion more uniquely positioned to improve us as a people, as a society. Um, so a show that I think is damaging or just flat out racist or problematic in some other kind of way, I'm going to drag them. I'm going to drag them on my show. And, you know, so like Walking Dead used to be a real favorite of mine. And now I have huge problems with it. Not in terms of its representation of race or ethnicity, although we should talk about Michonne's wig. But because um, <laughs> it is not good. It is not it is not good. And but that and is a common theme with a lot of what exactly. I from what I hear is that exactly. you know, yeah, the wigs on black. Why are the women wigs is. never good? Like, <laughs> yeah. There are people who do this very well. Or living, Hire yeah. them. Exactly. Hire them. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. okay. So but but uh, you know, so if AMC, which is the network uh, that that is home to The Walking Dead, if AMC came along and said, you know, here's here's all this money and we need you to you know tell the people all these great things about our show i'm currently in a position where i can say cool well yeah i'll take your money but are you okay with me pointing out this 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 these things if that's okay then we got a deal if that's not okay then i'm okay to pass yeah i just i have a little bit more flexibility than than i think other places so when you you have a whole list of different shows that you watch why do. do you go to these shows so uh, most the the more the most frequent way that a show will end up on my list of shows that i need to watch is that somebody that i'm interested in having on the show has said oh have you seen x and then i'm like oh i've heard of it but i haven't seen it so it ends up on the list um, so there are, let me get the count on that, currently 64, <laughs> 64 shows um, on this list. And, uh, well, no, that's not true. Well, there, yes, there are 64 on the list, but I've finished one, two, three, three. Oh. Are you binge watching these? Oh, yeah. Wow. Mm -hmm. Wow. So you're sitting down binge watching the whole thing. And then afterwards you're like, okay, I'm ready to I'm podcast ready. now. Mm -hmm. Wow. Mm -hmm. That's, that's insane. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and there's some really interesting ones on here. I mean, there's some that are like, oh no, I finished this one too. Look, so four. So there's 60. Four out of 60. Uh -huh. and, okay. And these are all on whatever streaming platforms or what have you. Yep, you just or go just to regular. them mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and sit down and binge watch them. Yeah. And then you give your critique afterwards of what you if, thought. If there's something that I want to say about it. 
so sometimes I'll, you know, so for example, Little Fires Everywhere was on the list. And um, what did you think about that? I'm like, you'll have to stay tuned. <laughs> Got it. Uh, okay. Because, <laughs> girl, yeah, that was the was one thing that my college students, you have to watch. You got to watch it. Mom, I know you don't watch it, but you got to. I'm like, okay, okay. I will watch. She actually said, I want to sit down and have a commentary with you and like text back and forth about this show. Yeah. Can you watch it with me so that we can talk about it? And I was like, I, girl, you're nine. I ain't got time. Yeah. And I was like, okay, well, for you, I will watch this show. And it's only and so, so many episodes. Exactly. So like, mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, fine. I yeah. will watch the show because you want to, you know, I, what she's saying is I want to talk, you know, I want to talk to have you. a deeper yeah. relationship with you. I want to talk to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So right. I got that. Got yeah. loud and clear. Okay. Watch episode one, mm-hmm. two, mm-hmm. three, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, four. Right. Five. I can't do this no more. I'm sorry. We have to. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. And, and she's like, what's oh, wrong? It just makes you so Are you uncomfortable. kidding me? Yeah. But I think, but where, where I would come in, where the TV doctor would come in is figuring out, okay, what is it that's going on that's making us so uncomfortable with this show? Right. And so, and, and a lot of it is like, it's not just the, it's not just what's happening in this story. Sometimes we, we stay at that level, but what I really like to do is to kick it up to that next level, which is, okay, you know, these things happen to people in real life all the time. That's fine. Um, but what's really interesting is that why is this a story that is being told to us as an audience? Like what are they up to? right? Why is it important or necessary for them to be giving us this message in this way? I even went into like internal, like, okay, why is this affecting me so much? Why am I so angry about this content? Yes, exactly, exactly, exactly. And that's where the TV doctor comes in. Okay. So, um, and so you got to prescribe me something else, but that wasn't it. Look, Look, that wasn't it. You got to give me your symptoms first. Exactly. You got to give me your symptoms and then I'll, I'll, Girl, I'll feel attacked. <laughs> <laughs> like for real, like it was yeah. just horrible. Anyway, oh, yeah. time passed another day, but another, yes, exactly. Yeah, that, that was just, yeah, but no, I see it, but now I see it. Right. Yeah. And I see how, um, the prescription needs to be, okay, take two of these <laughs> yeah, and look at exactly. this and yeah. And crazy. to be fair, just... I don't know that I would, I, I, I would not, I would probably would not prescribe that show for somebody who was like, oh, I've just moved to a new town or, oh, you know, um, my daughter wants to know more about her, her past. Like, no, this would not be the one that I would recommend for those kind of situations. But um, would you recommend this as something? I mean, I know you're going to, you know, get into a deeper, but just give me a yes or no on that. For something. Yes. Okay. Okay. But it would have to, it's, it's probably, it probably wouldn't be what you think. But what's, okay. Yeah. And I, I, I think. So stay I'm, tuned. I, really, I think I'm right here with you. So, yeah. but yeah. Yeah. But the thing is on social media, and we can talk about this more on Monday, but on social media, it, it was just going rapid and everybody, it's so good. Oh my goodness. 
And I wanted to do a whole live stream. Like y'all are crazy. This is horrible. (laughs) Right. And I I was like, you know what? I'm not going to do that. Yeah, exactly. I feel gross. The one thing, and you know, and then for Carrie Washington to come out of, you know, the the white hat. Yeah. I mean, come on, sis. Like this was what you came up with. Really? Yeah. (laughs) It's quite a departure. We can say that. It's quite a departure. That's my, yeah. I was, I'm done. I just, yeah. I can't, I can't. Throw it all away. <laughs> Throw it all away. <laughs> yeah. In this interview with, if music is supposed to inspire, what does TV do? Uh, TV can do that and more because it is, it includes music, right? So it's one, you know, um, so I, I, I teach rhetoric, right, at the college. And so when we think about messaging, we think about all of the different um, layers of a message and how those layers reach you. There are words like, you know, when you read a speech that someone has delivered, it's like, wow, those words are incredibly beautiful. You know, when I read Big Magic, I was just like, yeah, this, this had a, a huge impact on me, right? But then if you add a voice delivering those words, then it's like, oh, there's that's another layer. That's another kind of message. You know, is it loud? Is it soft? Is there happiness? Is there joy in that voice? Or is it, is it, is there sadness? Right? So that's also influencing you. And then when you add images on top of that, it's like, oh, so now that's another layer. So it's the words of the speech, plus the sound of how those words are delivered. Plus now there's lighting that we have to think about. And there's color that we have to think about. And there's camera angles that we have to think about. And now there's music and now there's sound effects. So music is meant to inspire, absolutely. But television can do that and more. It is to inspire, it is to educate, it is to entertain, right? It is to socialize, it is to persuade. It is all of these things. Um, And on top of that, it's ubiquitous. It's everywhere. Every semester I have students come into my class and they're like, well, by the way, the class is called television criticism. And they come into the class and they're like, yeah, I don't really watch TV. And I'm like, you can see the name of the class, but okay. Um, but, <laughs> but it's very easy for me to say, well, but I, I bet you're exposed to more TV than you're even thinking. So you may not sit down in front of a television set, but I guarantee you, if I say, you know nothing, Jon Snow, you know what I'm talking about. Even if you've never seen an episode of Game of Thrones, you're, you, you have been influenced, you have been impacted, so television can do it all, which is why we got to keep our eye on it. So it sounds Literally. like it, if music can expire, then television can influence. It sounds like that's the roundabout of it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I like last question I always end this with is what is the impact you hope that your podcast has in the world? Mm. Um, so we, we are living in a time where disinformation and misinformation is rampant. uh, And it is at a point where the ability of the public to recognize it and understand where it's coming from and why it may or may not have been effective um, is reduced. We are um, vulnerable right now. Um, And so my hope is that my podcast can boost, boost our system a little bit, you know, boost that immune system so that we are no longer susceptible um, or as susceptible to attempts, especially television attempts 
to get us thinking in the wrong way or thinking the wrong things. Um, I think challenging what you watch is a great way to just become a more critical consumer of all kinds of messages. Um, and the more thoughtful we are as a public, the better off we're going to be. You know, I always tell my students, listen, it's a, it's more than just TV. It's bigger than just TV. Wow. What a wonderful way to end this. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Tell everyone where they can find you and how they can listen to your podcast. Yes. So it's the TV doctor and it's available on Apple, Google, Spotify, pretty much all of your favorite podcast, uh, formats. Um, and I'm available on Twitter and on Instagram at T-E-E-V-E-E-P-H-D. So T-E-P-H-D. Thank you so much for coming on. This has been amazing. It's been my pleasure. All right.